Welcome to Nearer to God, a podcast about the Bible, our walk with Him, and growing closer to God. This podcast is an effort of the North End Church of Christ in Ashland, Ohio. Nearer to God starts with Bible questions from you, the listening audience. We invite your questions. You can submit them via email at northendcoc at gmail.com or via phone voice or text to 419-289-3520. Nearer to God is hosted by Darren Adkins and Matt DeVore. Thank you for being a part of our podcast today. We appreciate you being here today. I'm Darren Adkins. I'm here with my good friend and brother in Christ, Matt DeVore. Hello. Good to see you with us today, Matt. We appreciate you coming. Good to be here. Thank you. Did you have a good week? Oh, I had kind of a busy week. I know one day I drove about six hours. That was a, a kind of a heavy day. But it's a lot uh, for you, right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad it's the weekend. And, and yes. this is um, kind of been looking forward to doing a podcast. This is a new yeah. thing for us. This is fun. Kind of exciting. It is a lot of fun for us to do this. When it's fun at the same time, it's educational, it's instructional, and we're learning a lot along with it. So we hope that the listeners out there are listening and 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 learning a lot from our podcast as well as we study God's Word and we become nearer to God, as our title goes. Nearer right? to God. We're nearer working on remembering the title of our podcast <laughs> <right>. here. So, <laughs> so uh, Darren, what do we want to talk about today? Well, the, anytime we ever study with anybody, usually uh, the question of what must I do to be saved comes up. And uh, so I thought we would just explore that today uh, as we think about our podcast today. Uh, God certainly has instructions for us on what a person must do to be saved. And that's it's clear as we read through the Bible and we read through the New Testament in particular, God has laid out a plan or a pattern on what a person must do to be saved. I wonder, Darren, sometimes I encounter people that uh, the question doesn't even necessarily resonate with them. Mm. They'll be like, well, saved from what? You yeah, know, yeah. Why are you bugging me? <laughs> you know, right. what, why right. is this question? You know, certainly some people have the question, but some yeah. people may have questioned the question. Right. What would you say to someone that's like, what am I need to be saved from? What's yeah. the problem? Well, the Bible, of course, talks about that a lot and talks about this idea of that there is a such place as hell. And we're going to uh, encounter that one day if we're not obedient. Just notice a passage with us today. If you look at 2 Peter chapter 3 and look at verse 10 with me. 2 Peter chapter 3, actually start in verse 9. So we can kind of get the context of what is being said here. Verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, what's the perish? How, how are we going to die? Well, we know we're all going to die physically, right? So we understand that. So what's he saying here? That he doesn't want us to perish. Well, He's simply meaning and referring to our spiritual life. He understands that uh, physically we are all going to die. The flesh or the shell of the person that you see here is going to pass away someday. But the spirit lives on. And the Bible refers to that in other cases. But nevertheless, as we continue on here in this particular context, 2 Peter 
chapter 3 and verse 10, but says, but verse 10 says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. So we see there's going to be a day coming in which the world is going to pass away and it's going to be dissolved. It's going to be burned up. Verse, 13, verse 11, therefore, says, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person should you be in all holiness and, good and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of that which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we according to, nevertheless we according to the his promises look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So simply, he's referring to the spiritual life that someday physically I'm going to die, and so I have to be saved from my spiritual death. If I'm not uh, a part of God's family, he's instructing us that we're going to die spiritually and physically. We all are going to die physically, but. So we need to recognize that I must be saved from this destruction that God speaks of here in 1 Peter chapter 3, that there's going to be a day where spiritually there's going to be a, uh, there's going to be a death happening. There's going to be a dissolving of the earth and the things that are in it. So that goes back to the question of what must a person do to be saved and what does a person uh, have to do? And, and uh, the Bible refers to that question in a number of different verses. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 in particular, speaks of that. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says that one thing that a person needs to do in order to be saved is we must believe. We must have faith that there is a God. Notice verse 6 in particular, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. So we have to understand that from the very beginning of our study and anytime we study God's Word, that's got to be our first premise that we understand that I've got to believe that there is a God because I can't even be pleasing to God without knowing that. And as we carry on there in verse 6, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So this reward that he speaks of, of course, is eternal life. And we understand that that's part of what I need to do in order to be saved. It's not all. And that's where we, our family and friends and relatives and our community friends and, and uh, uh, religious community friends uh, sometimes will, will take this question of what must I do to be saved and stop at this point right here. They'll stop at that point where it says, you must believe and there must be a there must be faith that they believe that that's all you have to do in order to be saved. We're going to look at some other verses that the Bible talks about salvation and and what a person must do as we carry on through this. Um, but that's one verse there that speaks of one thing I have to do to be saved. Look at Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 is another verse. Matt, do you have that there handy? By yeah, now, Darren, you've been reading from the, the New King James yes, Version. Yes, that's right. Correct? I've got right. the English Standard Version here. So okay. uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 in the English Standard Version says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. Very good. 
So obviously we have to have faith and we have to hear. We, we, we come to God's understanding. We come to this faith by hearing the word of God is simply what that verse is saying. So I understand that that's another portion of my salvation is I must hear what he's saying and then believe what he's saying to be true. It's part of what I, what I must do to be saved. John chapter 8 and verse 24 uh, refers to that as well. Notice John chapter 8 and verse 24, reading from the New King James says, Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Can't get much plainer than that. Jesus simply says you've got to believe. There's no question about that. It is something that we've got to do. We have to do in order. So the question comes back to what I must do to be saved. Right. It even goes back to that question I had. What are we being saved from? Yeah. Well, we don't want to die in our sins. Absolutely. And so we need to believe yep. in order to avoid Good. that. Good point. Good point. So there's a, several verses that you can look at that refer to this this idea of belief and, and uh, faith that refers to our salvation. These are just a couple of the, of the ones that we've noticed. And look in Acts chapter 16 is another verse that speaks of that in Acts chapter 16. And verse 31 says, So they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Of course, that's what we've said. It's definitely a part of what we have to do to be saved. I can't just stop there and say that's all I have to do is believe, which is a lot what a lot of folks do. But it's something, it's a part of what we do. There's no question about that. So what's another part of what we must do to be saved, according to the Bible? Well, another part of what God says we have to do is we have to repent. And what does repent mean? Matt, what does repent mean? Well, I've heard it described as certainly a, a turning away from something, but even I understood it to mean... Um technically and about face like mm. in the military if you're standing and facing one way that you would uh, turn completely around and head the other way very good so it's a it is a, so so spiritually speaking in my life as a christian i have to my repentance means i'm stop i stop the sin i'm i might be living my life according to the world i might be living my life uh, in an inappropriate way uh, maybe I'm, I'm behaving in a way that I shouldn't be behaving according to God's word. And he's simply saying, I've got to stop that. I've got to stop that lifestyle, turn and head towards God and start living my life according to what God wants me to do. Notice in Luke chapter 13. Hey, if yeah. I could read that, uh, yeah. Luke chapter 13, I think there's a bigger context there. If we read sure thing. Um, from Luke chapter 13, starting in verse 1, uh, there were some uh, some folks who had been persecuted and, and destroyed at that time, and they used that as an illustration to think about repentance. And it says in uh, Luke 13, verse 1, there were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And, you know, we might think today 
about any number of uh, current events or something that was a, a terrible disaster or something terrible that happened to someone, and, and we might make that same question. You know, do you think that, that were they being punished or something mm -hmm. for that? And and you know, the the thing is, but unless we repent, you know, we need to be mindful that that spiritually and, and even in the, the final judgment physically, it will be uh, destroyed in the same way if we don't repent of, of the sins that we need to repent of. Good thoughts. Thank you for the explanation on that. Look at Acts chapter 3 and verse 19 and another verse that speaks to this idea of repentance. Look at verse 19. It says, Repent therefore and be converted. You see, just as Matt described, the word repentance and in, in, involves an, an action of change. I have to stop my direction. I have to stop as he as he described and turn around. It's a it's a changing of what I'm doing. And so this is exactly the, a perfect verse to to go along with what Matt was saying. Repent therefore and be converted. That's change. We might convert an old uh, barn into a garage, let's say. And that's what that does. You change it. You stop what it, it used to be an old barn that you cluttered things up in. And now I've converted it. I've converted it to an apartment or uh, something where someone could live in it. And that's exactly what it is. It's a complete change in how you, you what you're doing with that. And that's exactly what he's referring to here. Repent, therefore, and be converted. And here's why. That your sins may be blotted out. And so obviously there are sins as the verse we looked at back in Luke chapter 13 refers to that our sins, we are going to die in our sins if we don't repent. And this verse says that our repentance and our changing of our life blots out our sins. And God, of course, forgives us of our sins when we stop our sinning ways and we believe in Him and repent of our sins. And, and God wants us to repent. I know in, in uh, Luke chapter 15, there's the, the parable... Uh, in Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10, about the the woman who had lost the coins, um, and then she she was uh, diligently seeking those coins and found them, and then was very right. joyous at that. And then at the very end of that, in verse 10, it says, Just so I tell you, there is uh, joy before the angels of God over one sinner who, who repents. So just like this woman who lost this, you know, we think of a coin as a penny, some something maybe not worth a lot, but this would have been very costly right. for her. And we can imagine losing something very valuable in life and then finding it we're excited about that that right. that uh, in 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 heaven there's much joy uh, over a sinner that repents absolutely very good good thoughts there so we've already established that the bible has said that a person has to believe in order to be saved a person has to repent that stop the sinning their sinning ways and stop their their lifestyle of sin uh, and those are a couple ways that the bible has explained to us that we must do what things we must do in order to be saved and confession, confession is another thing that we must do in order to be saved. It's a part of our salvation. Uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse 10 refers to that. You notice Romans chapter 10 and 10. Of course, we're familiar, most of us are familiar with this verse. But notice what it says here. Romans 10, 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And so going back to what we said originally, that belief is is important for our salvation, and it's something that we do from our heart. In other words, it's a personal experience that you actually believe in God. It's something you have to understand and believe within yourself. But for the heart, for from in the heart, one believes unto, unto righteousness. But with the mouth, 
confession is made unto salvation. So what are we confessing? Do I confess my sins? Is that what I have to do in order to be saved? Or is there a different kind of confession that I have to make here? Well, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32 refers to that. Jesus refers to that and told those folks there what they needed to do to confess and what they were confessing. It's not that you're confessing your sins, although there's a part of that that I I need to be willing to submit to that and, and to confess my faults. James talks about that. But in Matthew chapter 10, and in particular, verse 32, refers to that. Uh, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32, Jesus says, Therefore, whosoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. And oftentimes, I think, Matt, we, we look at that, this idea of confession as a, well, that's kind of silly. Why do I have to do that? That seems kind of elementary. Yeah, why do I have to confess that Jesus is the Son of God? And, but I think sometimes we overlook that point because when Jesus was referring to this, for them to do that, to, to, for them to, those folks to confess that Jesus is the Son of God. And in many places, even today, that confession, that statement, to make that statement that says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, back when Jesus instituted that, that idea, and even in some areas today, can get you killed. Uh, there are folks that will kill you because you just made that confession. And so it's not just simply a word that we blurt out that means nothing to us. It's an actual, truly coming to an understanding of really that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's not just a prophet, as a lot of folks say. And, you know, we're fortunate in, in the United States to, to have religious freedoms in such a way that, with rare exceptions, we're, you know, we're not going to be right. afraid of, of, of being killed or even hurt or certainly right. oppressed by the government in any meaningful way. But, but still... Uh, there are other ways where, you know, maybe uh, the peer pressure of those that, that, yeah. that we uh, uh, have at work or in the community, um, you know, there's certain circle of folks who, who would, would find it normal and good and wholesome to, to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and, right. and to confess that and to say that. But there are others that would, you know, look at you, well, you're, you, you actually believe that, that, right. that old book and this kind of thing. And, <laughs> That's right. And, you know, those kind of things really... Uh, yeah. uh, are a factor, and sure. and, uh, and so you know to take that to take that stand to actually confess Jesus Christ as the Son of God to you know to to uh, to proclaim that you believe in the inspired Word of God and that God created the heavens and the earth and all these things. And I I know I'm getting broader than than what the confession is about Jesus, but but all these things uh, are, are uh, it's taking a stand to 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 believe these things and proclaim your belief in that. And I think that's important. God Amen. expects that of us yeah. as Christians and followers of of him that we're not um, hiding in that, but rather right. that we are open and, and we're all about it. We're all in. That's got to right. be our, our perspective. Good. Good thoughts on that. Thank you for your comments on that. And, and another verse that refers to that same thing is Philippians chapter two. And if you look at verse 10 and 11, look what this says, that Paul preaching and teaching and sending this letter to the church at Philippi, the church at Philippi, he, he, he implores them and reminds them in verse 10 that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth. And look at verse 11, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God he's the, and He's the glory of the Father. So Paul reminds them that 
you may not confess Jesus now. You may not believe Jesus now. There's going to come a day you're going to believe him. You're going to confess one way or the other. Eventually, you will confess that Jesus is the Son of God. It may be too late. You may have already passed your opportunity to uh, inherit salvation as a result of it, but that that point is is clear. That right, that everyone... seems to be at the at the judgment seat that Absolutely. where everything's revealed. Of course, here we are on the earth, and and you know, we have all these different ideas about how the earth came to be and all of that. Right. Uh, but but at the day of judgment, when everything's revealed and we see God in His glory and He's passing judgment on us, there's not going to be anybody that doesn't get that and understand right. that and believe that. That's just it's just going to be revealed, and everyone's going to understand, and everyone. Is going to be confessing Jesus as Lord, and but but yes, if if we if we choose to follow God, then it's too late because we've already at the judgment, and that's, that's right. not what He's looking for us to do. Absolutely, absolutely right. So we've looked at a couple things here so far. Then that the Bible has referred to that that allows us to be considered to be saved, or in other words, back to our original question: What must I do to be saved? And so we've looked at three or four different things here. What's another thing that the Bible refers to that uh, allows us to inherit salvation, to obtain salvation, is our baptism. And it's baptism in water, water baptism. And that's this subject is one of the probably the most controversial uh, subjects when it comes to this question, what must I do to be saved? I dare say 90%, maybe 95% of our religious friends and community disagree with this point. They disagree that baptism has anything to do with our salvation, has nothing, according to them, nothing whatsoever to do with our salvation. But let's just let the Bible talk about it. Let's just let the Bible explain this. Notice, go to Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. We have the account here of Saul, who later becomes Paul. And look at what Ananias tells Saul he must do. In Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, uh, he says, uh, Ananias tells him, well, why are, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized. And look what his baptism did. And wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord that are appealing to his authority by doing so. Well, obviously Saul recognized, and Ananias, who was teaching Saul at this, t- at this point, recognized that his baptism was necessary to wash away his sins. I don't know how the Bible can get any clearer and yet, a lot of folks misunderstand this point and mis, uh, misapply it in many cases. And, and again, we're talking about what must I do to be saved, yeah, right? So right. be saved from what? Yeah. Uh, be saved from my sins, to have my sins forgiven, to have my right. sins washed away, as it says here. And we, we see clearly the connection between uh, being baptized and washing away your sins. And of course, you know, we're not claiming that there's some sort of uh, miraculous power in no. the water, but... But rather, that through these acts of obedience is how we come into contact with the blood of Christ and are buried with Him in baptism, as we'll read right. here, here in some other verses. Yeah. Well, while you're thinking about that thought, turn to Romans chapter 6, and that's exactly where that point is going there with that. We'll just start in verse 1, because to kind of get the context, and Paul's re- speaking to the church at Rome, and he's telling them that you're not going to be saved just as a result of uh, of of being saved because of grace alone. And note what it says here in verse 1. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, God's grace is going to save us. There's no question about that. I don't deserve salvation by any stretch of the imagination. I've sinned, and none of us deserve it. And so God's grace or His favor 
is going to shine down on us. There's no question about it that. It doesn't give us license. Oh, well, since there's grace, then whatever. Just do whatever. <laughs> exactly. That's and that's what this verse, that is what Paul's reminding them. In other words, don't just continue to sin and sin and sin and sin just because we know that God will save us. And he says that in verse 2. Certainly not. How shall we who are dead to sin live there any longer in it? And so if we're dead to sin, which means we've repented, we've stopped that sin, we've stopped that sinful way, and we've killed that off in our life. Verse 3 then says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Verse 4, Therefore we are buried with him. We contact the blood of Christ through his death, in the waters of baptism. We are therefore buried with him through baptism into his death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead, because remember Jesus, when he died, was raised from the dead, we then, by the, by the, we, we are raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You see this idea of repentance and baptism go hand in hand with what we what he's saying here, that I've stopped my sinful ways. I'm not continuing in my sin, that the grace of God will continue to save me. I've stopped that. I've been baptized and I walk a new life. I rise to walk a newness and newness of life. And so it's a completely changing my behavior of how I used to live my life. And that's this concept of being baptized for the remission of our sins. And we see that in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. We read of that verse uh, where Paul, Peter spoke to those folks, those Jews there on Pentecost, and he told them that very thing. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Here's why. For the remission of your sins. And so Peter recognized that our baptism is a, poor, a part of what we do in order to be saved. It's for the remission of our sins. Uh, so Obviously, baptism is certainly a, por a portion of what we do in order to be saved. But to take one of these out of, out of the mix here and to say, I don't need baptism, but I'll, I'll believe and I'll repent and I'll confess, uh, you at that point have allowed yourself to blind yourself from the Word of God. You've covered your eyes to verses, as we've read so far, that have clearly state that baptism is a, port, a part of what we do to be saved. So as we think about this, and I think as we wrap up this, this uh, podcast today, as we think about this idea of what must I do to be saved, I think we do ourself and God a disservice when we just simply look at these acts or things that we do in order to be saved. And, and although not dis disputing that whatsoever, these things are all important but too often we look at this idea of salvation as a personal thing that I just, I have to do this. In other words, as the question even asks, what must I do to be saved? And so it's, it's all about me. And this is about me. And so what do I have to do to save me? I don't want to die in this sin that Matt spoke about in the verses that Matt read. How do I keep myself out of this sin? And how do I keep myself out of hell? Because the world's going to be destroyed and I'm going to die in hell if I don't uh, obey this word. So how, what do I have to do to be saved? And that's the, our focus a lot of times. But often we miss that, the big picture. And the bigger question and the bigger point to this salvation, it's not just saving my soul from death, which it, it will, but also really our salvation and our obedience to God needs to be more about my service to Him and, and what am I doing 
to be a part of the the work of what's going on. Well, Romans it's kind of a question of growth, isn't it? Yeah. Where, where you know, yeah. certainly we need to to do these things to 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 obey God and have the right attitude and all of that. But um, I think there's a danger of getting in this checkbox mentality where, well, right. did that, did that, did that, and then Absolutely. okay, we're all set, and then I'm right. going to do whatever I want now. But, Absolutely. But rather, we need to to grow from this perspective of maybe right. being afraid of going to hell or or something like this, and and. And, and be growing in love with God and growing in love with others and, and being of service to help no, others. No question about that. And, and Romans chapter 12 speaks of that. If you look at Romans chapter 12 in the first couple verses there in that particular chapter, it says, I beseech you or I encourage you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world. In other words, there needs to be a transformation that happens when I do this. But be transformed by the word of God through the renewing of your mind that we may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. So it goes exactly to what Matt was saying, that my, my obedience to God must be, yes, appropriate in the things that I need to do, but also it's more about what am I doing with my life going forward? I've got to, going forward from my salvation, put God first and make God a part of my life. And my, my lifestyle has to change and how I, how I look at things and how I conduct myself. Galatians chapter 2 is another good verse to look at when we're thinking about that. And we'll wrap this thing, our podcast up today with this final verse as we think about uh, this this question of what must I do to be saved? And if you look at Galatians chapter uh, 2, is another verse that refers to this and, and is a good verse to, to think about as we end today. He says uh, in Galatians chapter 2... You want me to read that for you? Yeah, sure, great. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank you, Matt, for reading that. And that's exactly what he's referring to there. You see, it's no longer I who live. It's not about me. It's about, not about saving my soul, saving my hide so I don't burn in hell for eternity. It's not about that. It's about living my life and giving myself over to the cause of Christ. It's no longer I who live but it's Christ who lives within me. And that's the point that he's trying to make. So as we conclude our podcast today, and as we think about this concept of what must I do to be saved, no question God has laid out a plan and a pattern on what we must do to be saved. But also a part of that pattern and a part of that plan must be my acceptance and obedience to God's will in making my life a part of the Word of God and making Christ a part of my life, uh, conforming my life and my way of doing things into the Word of God. So maybe even by uh, uh, summary, you know, we, we talked about what must I do to be saved? The problem we're being saved from is sin. You know, in order to be reconciled with God, we talked about learning, uh, learning w what it is God wants us to do and, to, and, right. and what Jesus is about, and to believe those things, to... Uh, to change our lives and to repent and, and to, to turn on the right path, to put it all out there and actually go on record as confessing that Jesus is the Son of God and that we believe these things. We've gone public with that. Um, and, and to be baptized, you know, to be buried with Him in baptism, to, to put on Christ, be clothed with Christ, 
and, and rise to walk in a new life and then to continue in life of service for him and, and uh, continuing to grow in love with God and to grow in love with others and help to spread the, the gospel to, to the community. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll subscribe to the Nearer to God podcast. To submit questions, please contact us at northendcoc at gmail.com or connect to us on Facebook at North End Church of Christ or via phone at 419-289-3520. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you as you strive to follow Him. Where am I God to thee?